0: Hi, everyone. This is Michele Graglia.
1: This is Marianne Hogan.
0: Hi, I'm Adrian McDonald.
1: I'm Katie Asman.
0: Hi, this is Anthony Gasols.
1: Hi, my name is Meg
2: Morgan.
0: Hey, it's Jordan Trofe. This is John Ray. This is Ryan Van Duzer, and you are listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast.
2: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to another Gotta Run Racing Podcast. Whoop,
2: whoop. I've whoop. been seeing everyone setting goals for themselves on Instagram race goals it's kind of exciting
0: yeah and what are our goals this year
2: well we have a couple big ones i would say if you didn't listen to our recap show which was pretty funny if i do say so myself <laughs> uh we're going to slovenia in april to do a 60k
0: what, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> 60k i thought it was 70. no it's 60.
2: Oh, it's was actually that? 59.
0: oh okay well 59 is <laughs> <59's> okay
2: 59 is <59's laughs> enough trust me it's enough And then you're going to Alberta to do Lost Soul, running the coolies. I'm going
0: to find my soul (laughs) because it's apparently lost (laughs) at Lost Soul.
2: You got it. Yeah, that's our big
0: to-dos this year. And what is your to-do?
2: Please let us know. let us know. We want to check out some more local races this year too, support our fellow RDs. So we're going to see what's happening in Ontario as well.
0: Yep. And Canada.
2: And Canada, for sure.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. There's a couple uh, in the prairies that are looking kind of interesting. Manitoba Epic Gate Mm. takes place in one of our We Run the North National (laughs) Parks Riding Mountain.
0: We'll get there one day.
2: We sure will. But before we get to our guest today, we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters who continue to tune in and support the show. Yeah. It only takes a couple of minutes if you want to support us, it's the price basically of a gel per month, and it goes a long way. So head over to patreon.com and look up the Gotta Run Racing podcast.
0: We'd love to have your support. You could also write and review us wherever you download your favorite podcast. That's right. All right. And who's on the podcast today?
2: Today we have Marcus Kjellberg from Sweden. Our very first Swedish guest.
0: That's right. Wow.
2: 49 years old. He's an ultra runner and content creator. We actually were looking up a race in Spain called Valderan because our friend is going to be running Valderan this year. And we wanted to learn more about it. So we came across his video and we really enjoyed it. So it's got great content. So we thought, let's reach out and see what he has to say. It's a tough race. Takes place in the Pyrenees, 10,000 meters of climbing with a 48 hour cutoff, which is pretty comparable to UTMB, right?
0: Well, some deem it as harder than UTMB. That's why they gave it that extra two hours.
2: Wow. (laughs) Well, he's towed the line twice there with two very different experiences. So we're going to ask him about that.
0: And yes, you could check out his YouTube channel at Marcus Kielberg, and all that will be in our show notes.
2: Awesome. Well, let's get to
0: it. Here's Marcus, coming up. Welcome to the podcast, Marcus. (laughs) Thank
1: you. Oh, you're from Sweden, is that right?
0: Yeah. What part of Sweden is that?
1: So, Gothenburg, the west coast, uh, south of Sweden. Ah, nice. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We checked out your ITRA and noticed that you never did race in Canada... Yeah. I remember or- wondering what's up with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't race in the US either, but I mean, yeah, that, that's on the bucket list for sure. I, I did run the rim to rim once, uh, but that was more for fun. So,
2: oh, very nice. Very nice. How long did that take you?
1: Uh, it was like in February, so it was still snowy and icy. Uh, and it was the rim to rim to rim, so to say, but it probably took me like 12, 13 hours, something like that.
2: Very nice. That's on our bucket list, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, the reason that we are having you on today is because we were checking out uh, Val Duran. A friend of ours is going to be running it this year. And yeah. your video was one of the very first videos that came up. And we watched the whole thing, which, as you know, yeah. on YouTube, it's very unusual to actually get through an entire video. So that says a lot <laughs> for your content creation. Um, but before we get into the races that you've been doing and your content... How did you even begin to start trail running?
1: I I was doing the half marathons, the marathons to begin with when I started to run. Um, And at some point, you know, you get a little bit older, you get a bit slower. It was natural to progress onto the trails and more explore, you know, how far you can go rather than how fast you can go. (laughs) And also, I think it was like maybe 10 years ago was when the trail running kind of boomed at least here in Sweden. That was about the time when I got into trail running starting off with a kind of marathon distance and then progressing it up to hundred miles.
2: And you're into mountain biking as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually all started in the U S so I was there when, when I was like in my early twenties, I was doing some, uh, I spent a few summers there working, uh, internship, um, as a, kind of a software developer and then uh, they were all like uh, healthy eaters and doing a lot of mountain biking and stuff like that so they got me into this endurance sports to begin with Nice. so that was uh, that was the start of it all actually very
2: nice
1: I did, I did a few races but they at that time it was more like half marathons 5k races and so on so the, the very first half marathon was I never ran before actually and and they were going away for the weekend and they said do you want to come and I didn't even have running shoes but they borrowed some running shoes for me and uh, I lost all my toenails because they were a little bit too small (laughs) but I finished the race and then I got uh, I was hooked from them.
2: Wow.
0: (laughs) What was your first ultra race Uh, when was that and how did that go?
1: Well my first ultra was probably I mean it was like the 50k distance so and, and it was a trail ultra uh and that is probably like 12 years ago something like that uh oh. yeah and, and yeah that's a funny story as well because it was sold out but they had um They basically had a lottery. So I entered with my uh, wife's name and my own name, and um, I got into my wife's name. So I was actually winning the women's race (laughs) in my wife's name, (laughs) but I thought I had a little bit too much beard to qualify for the women's race there.
2: (laughs) That's a race director's nightmare when you have people running (laughs) under the wrong name.
1: (laughs) But that was the only option I had to get into the race.
0: And how did it go overall? Your first ultra? Uh,
1: well, I mean, uh, yeah, it went okay. It, it was it was good fun. It's what was a winter trails. So it was really really cold as well, like Sweden can be uh, in January. So uh, back in those days, you didn't have the flasks uh, in front. You had a camel back in the back, and uh, what do you call it? The straw froze you know after the first K or something like that so you couldn't drink for the whole race pretty much but uh yeah, it was good fun and, and then uh I've done it many times since then but I've in terms of placement I don't really know how how I um uh, I'm, I'm more running for the adventure and not yes. so much the performance
2: of course of course and your first 100 mile finish was back in 2018 at and you've been there many times is that right
1: yeah five times now so <laughs> five finishes as well so no dnfs so far <laughs> so that's good
0: how many rings do you want
1: yeah so now i got five rings so yeah i don't know maybe but i i might go for another yeah because it's kind of close by is where, where i live so i'll probably end up there this year as well it's, it's a really nice race actually
2: what's the story behind the rings is there is there something is there a reason why they do rings instead of medals
1: um I don't know the full story, but those guys, they are really good in kind of creating the ambience around it and the story around it and, and the mystery around it. And I, I, yeah, a ring is a perfect uh, thing to uh, to go away with rather than a medal or a vest like UTMB. So I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And then also they introduced that concept of having after three finishes, you get a golden ring and so on, and uh, ah. which is quite nice as well. So... People come back, they want the golden ring, and uh, they say after five finishes, um, you get the diamond ring as well.
2: Ooh. So yeah. do, you, do you have a diamond ring?
1: Yeah, now I will have a diamond ring. I have five finishes.
2: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's a great concept. I love that.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so that that's a really nice race. And it started off, you know, more as a local Swedish race. Maybe the first year it was... 80 people and, and the DNF rate for the first two years was like uh, 80% or something like that. So it was pretty tough. Wow. Uh, but now maybe it got a little bit easier, but also people get more used into this distance. And, and they when you know what to expect, then I guess more people finish it as well. Now it's uh, like, um, yeah, 50% at least that finished the race or, or even more.
2: Hmm, very Mm. good. Mm. We actually had never heard of this race until later last year, 2023, when we chatted with uh, Canadian Claire Heslop who had done Kulamanen right after UTMB. And she said it's very similar to our Ontario Forest running, which is nice to know because (laughs) we didn't know what to expect when you hear about a race in Sweden. So it's definitely now on our list. But is it true that you go... A different direction each year. You do reverse. Direction? Yeah, so they change
1: the course every year. They kind of have this peninsula that you do a few laps around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first couple of years, you kind of started where where the finish was this year, and then you ended off with, and that's the rocky part where you have some elevation, uh, and so you ended up with three or four laps around that peninsula. But mm-hmm. now we started the other way, so we kind of did two. Only two laps, and then we went on the flat part uh, to uh, to the finish line.
2: Oh, that's nice. Mm.
1: So they kind of changed it around a little bit, but that's also making it interesting. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I thought it was really great this year. So at the end of the peninsula, how you know, starting at six o'clock, is dark, you know, and and you have a night on the horse that is kind of starting you off, and and you go after this, uh, and and then as you. Running along the sea, you hear the waves and you see the lighthouse, you know, it's all dark and and it's a lot of darkness, of course, because in Sweden, that time of year, is like uh, the night is maybe 14 hours or something like that. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, cold weather and uh, windy and stuff like that it could be pretty harsh. I think a lot of people coming from south of um, Europe, they get a little bit of, uh, of shock <laughs> when they get up. <laughs> cold, and, But Canadians will, will be fine. <laughs> cold weather and everything oh yeah <laughs> there is, is similar i would say like uh, uh the, the how what the forest looks like and, and so on so mm-hmm. From from my memory of uh canada at least uh in the quebec, quebec area and so on
2: yeah. oh yeah quebec for sure yeah very technical too yeah
0: so now that you have a few hundred miles swedish races under your belt you ventured off into spain val duran in 2021 <laughs> Yep. that was during covid years so how was the whole covid situation then
1: uh yeah so kind of had a in between there so it kind of opened up but it was still you know kind of one day it was on and then it was off and it, <laughs> you, you didn't know if it was gonna happen or not but and everybody was like yeah, really longing for getting out racing again in sweden we didn't were we were not so locked down as, as the rest of the europe so we still had some races going on in sweden but but then to be able to travel around in europe was of course um, but yeah so we we got down there uh, we had to start with a mask on uh. and uh, and you know you had the the 2 meter rule but that is not <laughs> fly in the start for sure uh, and it was i don't think it was a waved start either actually but um uh, yeah but the, i mean that's a it's a beautiful place valdaron so i actually mm. came back this year as well and But it's a tough race as well. So it's, it's much more technical than UTMB. And, and the downhills are much steeper, less mm. runnable, I would say. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a little bit tougher overall.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how, we're going to ask you, how were you feeling at the start line, knowing that this could be your toughest race to date?
1: It was my toughest race to date. So because where I live, we don't have any mountains. So I never practiced any elevation running right. at all. Right. <laughs>
2: um, that sounds familiar eh, Norm. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I did, I did go to the Pyrenees before Val uh twice at least and I failed both. One was a big uh, storm hit us so they canceled the race or they stopped the stop race in in uh, and then I I the second time I tried I yeah I, I basically reached my limits on the unif but uh, so I I, I hadn't never completed a um, like a mountain 100 mile ultra. So it was definitely the toughest race uh, for me at that point.
2: <laughs> well, we, we, sorry, we watched your video and we know what went down, but can you explain it to our listeners? Because we want to ask you about uh, the fact that you're a runner with diabetes as well. So just if you could just kind of give us a little recap of the that particular 2021.
1: Yes, I mean, diabetes is basically another thing to watch out for. So you have your nutrition you have to stay on top with. You have your sleep thing when you're running ultra that you have to stay on top with. So diabetes is just another dimension that you need to care about and kind of stay the balance of eating and and getting the insulin. Um, So, but, but, But basically what happened... Because a lot of strange things happen during the ultra. So, even though, and and you think you, because I had diabetes for 20 years or so, so you think you're like a ninja on diabetes Mm. that you could manage it. But, but things, strange things happen on a daily basis, more or less, but on, on ultra is even worse. Mm. And, and when you go beyond, let's say, 12 hours or something like that, that's a territory that you rarely visit (laughs) with diabetes, (laughs) right? Yeah. And then strange things start to happen. uh, basically, the insulin lost its effect, so I could not get my blood sugar down. Mm. And at the, at the time, I was pretty convinced that um, it was during the day it was really hot, so I thought my insulin got spoiled in the heat or something like mm. that. And I, I had some backup in my drop bag and so on, but yeah, but basically, I could not get my insulin down. Um, and then I I was two thirds into the race, something like that. And I decided to not go out on the last, on the second night, basically going out again into the mountains without getting control of my diabetes. Right. And, and when I told the medics, I mean, they wanted to, they insisted to drive me to the hospital and everything. I insisted that they drive me to the hotel and I can kind of take care of it. But uh so it was, I mean, yeah, it was a bit scary. So it was better to, to um, pull the plug, so to say. And, and yeah, um, for sure.
0: What made you decide to pick Val Duran as your first mountainous race? Because this is this is a beast.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, um, there was a couple of reasons. I think it was the first time they ever had it. And that also makes it very difficult because you don't know what to expect when you go into a first edition of a race because no mm. one ran it before. <laughs> No idea what, so you, I mean, we kind of know it was going to be hard and everything, but then the other thing because it a lot of runners turned up and it was a direct qualifier to UTMB, so okay. everybody that finished that year, get a, got a start place at UTMB. So, whoa, so that was a big thing as well. So I, I was mainly there to, I, I wouldn't go and run just to go to UTMB, it was not the big bucket list actually for me, uh, but uh but it was more to to the around but 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 there was a lot of people that year that came and mm-hmm. also maybe because uh, it was one of the few races that uh, opened up during COVID and, and so on as well so.
2: right mm. now do you have any advice for any diabetic runners who may just be starting to dip their toe into the ultra distances is there any obviously you've you've had to uh practice with many different types of nutrition and the way that you strategize to get through a race do you have anything you can help our listeners out with
1: yeah so i mean first of all and i got it a few years back but i i have the insulin pump uh mm-hmm. so i can constantly monitor so and that's a big thing so i basically have this i don't know if you can see it, but it's basically mm-hmm. i can see all the time you know where i'm at and mm-hmm. and if it's going up or down and kind of the trend and everything. So that helps helps a lot. And that's a good thing to have. But uh, other than that, I mean, you, you need to track it the whole time. And then mm-hmm. uh, I try to, rather than stay on, you know, 90 grams of carb every hour or something like that, I, I kind of do it the other way around. So I have constant insulin and then I see how much I can eat depending on <laughs> um... know how it so some it happens sometimes. I was in UK running this Thirteen Valley race. I had a similar problem there as in Val where it didn't go down. And for eight ten hours, I, the only thing I could eat was a cup of coffee with milk because oh. <laughs> I couldn't get the. But eventually, I got it down that time. But um, so I try to more balance uh, balance it the other way around. But yeah, it's 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 always difficult. Um, but but yeah. You should not be afraid. So, if you have some backup, the worst thing that can happen is that you get really low. But if, as long as you have sugar with you, then you can save yourself, so to say. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. Hmm. That's interesting.
0: Well, in that year, 2021, at Val Duran, a big shout out to Anna Carlson. She ended up winning.
2: Fellow Swede. <laughs> Fellow Swede. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you were having a beer with her at the finish line, right? Yeah,
1: so I mean, yeah, I had a great time because I, I was watching, I was sitting at the first row at the finish line on, on the Sunday and see everybody come in and uh, I could cheer them on. And the friends that I was out running with, I could, you know, bring them into the finish line and so on. And, and then Anna came up and we had a few beers. And yes, yeah, so it was a good time. So it was not a as sad DNF. As I mean, if you if you dnf for the wrong reason that you just quit then maybe you have some regrets afterwards but sometimes even a dnf is a race and it's an adventure it was a great adventure for 120k something like that i mean it was a beautiful race so i just have good memories from that uh, trip even though i didn't finish myself
0: well a big shout out to our canadian as well who came third that's uh, stephanie case yeah, so yeah. they battled, they they battled each other pretty good there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Moving on to 2022, now you have earned your spot into UTMB. How many mm-hmm. How many years were you trying to get into UTMB?
1: I never really tried. So I, w- I was in Valderon to get the ticket, and I was told, like, yeah, if you don't get in uh, through Valderon, you're never going to get in. Basically, it's going <laughs> to take you years. And years. And then I think I, the only points I had was from this Kullaman race or whatever, and I threw in the lottery and, and then I I won. <laughs> but wow. I think maybe it was also, it was a little bit easier that year because during COVID, it was few people that could, uh, you know, gather all the points mm-hmm. and everything. That That's what I heard. and And also... Um, if it was China, Russia, whatever, they were still in lockdown, so they could not travel and so on. So I don't know if it was slightly easier that year, but uh, yeah, that was, yeah, that was great. <laughs> now, I didn't have so big expectations. I mean, many people, they're traveling around to, just for going to UTMB. Um, but of course, being there, it was fantastic. It, it was a great experience.
2: Well, another excellent video. I really liked how you chatted with so many different people along the course. That was really cool to interact with them. But a big highlight was obviously the running of the bulls and we know exactly what section you were on during that. So can you explain how that how that went down? Cause people need to watch that. I would have been jumping off the cliff.
0: <laughs> have you checked out our virtual series yet? We run the North. Celebrating Canada's national parks features a total of 13 10-kilometer challenges, one for each province and territory. How many national parks can you name? Medals that connect, license plate-style bibs, and cool swag can be yours. Visit GottaRunRacing.com for more details.
1: Yeah. So, and I, I don't know if they are actually bulls. I think there are cows with horns. That's what I've been told. But it sounds much cooler if you tell them it's bulls, and they they feel like big animals anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were just going in the same direction as we were running, basically, and interfering with our uh, with us, <laughs> and uh, blocking us, and and I mean, they they didn't really care about us, <laughs> and. Yeah, it felt like you were in Pamplona, like being chased by all the bulls. And uh, (laughs) yeah, it was a bit frightening. And it it made a good action video. It did.
2: I was shocked at how fast they were. I've never seen cows move so fast in my life. Our cows don't move that fast. But despite being chased by bulls, you still finished in just over 41 hours, which is pretty amazing. You must have been very proud after... That's really your first mountain finish.
1: Yeah, that was actually my first mountain finish. And I, the, to the story was that I was injured from April until just the weeks before the race, Ooh. pretty much. So I was not running at all and no elevations. So I was just biking. And it was almost to the point where I didn't go down to Chamonix because I I hadn't been training and (laughs) so I wasn't sure if I could pull it off. But then, of course, the ticket was paid and everything. And, Mm. you know, all the friends were going down. So, of course, I went. And But it also made me very humble going into that race. So I was running it in a very... I paced myself in a very good way. Mm. I I, I was taking it very easy and and relaxed. And um, that, yeah, was probably the... um, key to success because right. normally I'm going out way too fast <laughs> and then I'm <laughs> destroyed after one third or whatever so <laughs> it was a good race
2: that's awesome
1: and, and it was fantastic meeting all the people and I think as you, as you mentioned I try to share other people's stories and I think you have that on your tagline as well like every runner has a story mm-hmm. and there's so many, many untold stories on the trails that's what I like the most also to connect with all different types of people, everybody have their own story. I, I might capture bits and pieces of it, but I mean, that's, that's really, you have the dimension of the nature, but you also have the very, for me, it's very social to running and at UTMB so many people to interact with all the time as well, which is nice.
2: Exactly. Cause they all have the story of the journey of how they got there in the first place. Cause you don't yeah. just enter that race. There's always some background to that.
1: And so many emotions at the start lines. Like everybody, <laughs> but not many people. They they are crying at the start line. I mean, it's a big thing, right? Yeah,
2: very big. Yeah, the one shot that you did, where you panned across the start line around you. You could see the emotion in people's faces and and a little bit of fear, too. I know Norm talked about that in his videos. Everyone looked a little bit afraid, which is good. You should be afraid.
1: It is scary, (laughs) but it's also fantastic. It
0: it felt to me that we're all going off to war. Yeah. and and the townspeople are just cheering us on to go fight this battle of this mountain
1: yeah that's how it feels like I watched your video uh, the other day as well Uh, Uh, it's great it's great to look back and you know you remember so many things like I remember in the start there you had a beer I I was doing the same this year at least uh, probably at the same place and
0: wouldn't it have been funny if we videotaped each other without knowing
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay so now uh last year you go back to valdoran which in 2021 you dnf now you're going back you're getting more yeah. experience because of utmb you're ready for whatever comes your way so yeah. you're climbing the first mountain <laughs> you're climbing the first mountain what happened at Val Duran last year
1: yeah yeah so uh 2023 basically it was this and the weather forecast and everything, is it said, it's going to be like 30 degrees, super hot, really nice weather. And it was not a cloud, you know. You could not imagine what was about to happen. Just when we hit the first climb, it was like two hours into the race. We, we hit the tree line, above the tree line. And then it just started to hail and pour. And and the sky exploded, basically. And, and when you're out there... It, it, you don't know what the race direction is because it came as a surprise to them as well. They had no idea, right? And uh, and and uh, the lightning was going on. It was like no shelter or anything, so it was a bit scary. And it, it felt like mad. Are we really going up to that peak? And you see the lightning everywhere. <laughs> uh, and then also it turned the slopes into like um, extremely slippery so on the first downhill everybody snapped their poles and (laughs) fell I mean it was a mess Uh, but then it stopped raining and then we said yeah now it's probably good to go but then it picked up again and eventually 4 hours into the race they stopped the race uh, basically and but but it was hailing uh, golf ball size uh, hail and when you don't have any shelter and it was, was stormy with uh, crazy storms and yeah it it was the right decision and also going from 30 degrees to extremely cold so everybody got like cuz we got stopped in one of the aid stations, and just by standing still there soaked for half yeah. an hour then you start to freeze and I mean going into that night like that was, would not have been good either so yeah
2: that would be dangerous no we when we were watching your video and you saw that lightning strike we both were like whoa what the <laughs> yeah,
1: heck loading everywhere and then yeah it was really scary and that happened to me a few years before in the Pyrenees as well that we were like four uh, four hours into it was in Myak it's another hundred mile race maybe less known but uh um, yeah, we got stopped. So I I never had any um, success in the Pyrenees. <laughs> Basically, been there four times and have four not not a single finish yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did you say in the video that there's a section that's about 10k up on the ridge line of the the mountain, or did I misunderstand that? Uh,
1: I don't know how long it is, but it is a very. I mean, maybe after 10k into the race or something mm-hmm. like that. But okay. it's a really nice ridge line in the beginning. Yeah. And um, but the first year we got there, you know, it was sunset and perfect weather. But this year or 2023, it, that's where we had all the lightning in, instead. Yeah. So yeah, it was completely the opposite. But that's <laughs> a really beautiful part of the course when, when you have the right weather for it, so to say.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: So are you going there this year uh, to Valeran or? Oh, uh,
2: a good friend of ours is okay. doing it. Yeah, to get his UTMB ticket.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you get double the points as well with Valoron. Mm. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Because hmm. it's one of those, what, what do they call it? Uh, yeah, the finals or whatever. It's one of these, they have one in Asia, one in the U- US, and one in Europe that is uh, where you get to double the points. So I get, think you get eight stones.
2: Oh, okay okay yeah
0: so who called it when the 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 weather started going crazy who called that race saying we're done this race is now over
1: yeah so that was also a bit confusing but i i guess it was the race director but they they base because you they cannot stop you when you're out on the course so what Mm -hmm. happened is like when we got into the second age station we were not allowed to go out Mm -hmm. there were some people that have already gone out from that uh, uh, stage and they come up to the next ridge but then the hail was hitting them so hard so they were fleeing back the mountain back again they didn't know that the race was stopped at the time mm. but you know they were basically so scared for the life so they were just coming down the same way <laughs> but uh, yeah I don't really know and it was a little bit confusing as well because they were saying that yeah we're gonna pick it up tomorrow morning or you know we're just gonna hold you here for an hour or so on so it was a lot of Yeah. It was very unclear if they're going to restart the race or not. And eventually what happened, but the communication could have been better. Mm. But eventually what happened was that on Sunday they had like a 50k or 30k race and we were invited to run that. Mm -hmm. But we just got noticed on on the Saturday night, I think uh, yeah, the night before that race. And then a lot of people went back home already oh. so, they oh. so the communication was maybe not the best but uh it was still good i mean it was a great weekend too because it was only for those two three hours and that that were really hit and then the next morning it was beautiful so we went out running by our own you know and yeah. then on the day as well so it was a perfect actually training weekend for me for utmb because then i get, got um 50k and maybe five thousand meters of elevation so mm-hmm. that was Great.
0: (laughs) If the organizers didn't call it, would you have called it? Would you have said, "I'm done" because of the weather, or would you?
1: Yeah, that's a tricky question. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm really glad they called it because uh, I was feeling, I was freezing. So Mm. I, I don't know if I could have survived that night, you know. (laughs) But still, uh, yeah, that's uh, could you could argue when we went up on the third ridge, should we really have gone up there? Should we have turned around already? It was like one guy I saw that turned uh, turned around at that point. But yeah, no, I'm I glad they called it. So that was the right decision. And you still got your stones? Uh, we got, uh, I think we got two two for that Friday, <laughs> okay. two stones. And then we got two if we did do the Sunday race as well. So mm. in all, in all I, got, I think we got four stones.
0: No. is it is it still called stones i don't know they keep changing what the terminology is, is, it, is it still, yeah it's 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 changed
2: change to stones change to stones okay yeah yeah i'm still confused yeah it is confusing <laughs> would you go back marcus
1: well so yeah basically the other compensation we had was like we had a re- reduced fee for this year mm. half the price or whatever but i actually gonna do lavaredo uh Ooh. this oh. summer so that's oh. kind of the weekend before i think So I probably wait another year for Valarón, but I will come back. I need to do it (laughs) at some (laughs) point. And it's really, really nice. Uh, I really love that place. And I brought the family as well, um, and they really liked it as well. So it's um, as nice of a valley as uh, Chamonix, I would say. Oh,
2: wow. Lavaredo is going to be awesome. Pretty technical
1: yeah yeah i don't really know so much about it it feels like it's just 120 kilometers so <laughs>
2: <laughs> only
1: only
0: <laughs> now that you did val and utmb how would you compare the two of them with the atmosphere and the toughness of it
1: yeah i think valeron is a, and also the the town um itself is kind of like a mini version of chamonix so it's a little mm. bit more everything is Extreme at, at Chamonix, you have all the pros there and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Valaron is a little bit more uh, relaxed, maybe a little bit less people, but uh, it's still a big race and uh, it's a nice city, good food, and yeah, beautiful town. So,
0: and then you finished off the year last year with UTMB again and <laughs> Am I yeah. saying that
2: right,
1: Kulamanen. And And I squeezed in, in between there, I also squeezed in 13 valleys. It's another UK race. Wow. And you're able to beat both
0: your UTMB time and Kulamanen time.
2: It was a good year for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a good year, especially the fall. So because UTMB, so this year, but but, uh, this year I had been training a little bit more because the first year I was injured. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then also mentally, I was much more prepared because the first year I, I didn't really know if I was even going to be at the start line. So I didn't really know any of the places we went through. I didn't know the uh, profile of the course or anything. <laughs> I was just, uh, but but this time I, I kind of know all the places and it made it easier and much more controlled. So I was actually feeling very strong when I finished um, uh, UTMB this year. So that was good. So then, so when I came back from UTMB, I kind of felt pretty recovered almost after a week. So then I decided to sign up for Kulamanan and also the 13 Valleys because I had some friends that were going over to Lake District in the UK for this um, the first edition inaugural uh, 13 Valleys race, mm. which proved to be a beast of a race as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Three pretty tough hundred-mile races in, yeah, pretty much two months, sixty days or something.
2: Wow, how this guy <laughs> could barely walk I, after a month!
0: <laughs> I, I went on a two-month bender <laughs> after you, Timby <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah, that that was amazing to see how the body was holding up, and uh, I didn't get any quality training in, in between those races. That's hmm. for sure. But uh, I was able to recover enough to kind of get them through.
2: And so you have Lavaredo this year. What else have you got on your schedule?
1: Yeah, so in May I'm gonna do Snowdonia in ah. also in UK. Yeah. Uh, it's a UK race. And that's supposed to be really, really technical and tough. So I know Anna Colson, she attempted it that we talked about like the Valdaron winner from 21. She I think it was last year she went there, but she DNF'd actually, mm-hmm. and it was very, very tough um so that's in may and then lavaredo i'll probably go back to Kulaman then, and um and then i have another swedish more grassroots race you have to run some of the grassroots races as well i think that's very yes. important so uh, yeah we have a few of those in sweden that that i run
0: i'm not hearing canada anywhere <laughs>
1: And <laughs> I definitely need to go uh, to Canada and to the U.S. sometime as well. But but it's a, it's a big uh, big investment, all this trail running thing, right? So traveling around the world, but that's what I like to do uh, for sure. But um, so we, which race should I go to in, in Canada? <laughs>
0: that depends. Do you want uh, to have a UTMB experience again, or do you want something lower key?
1: I like both. I think because uh, that that's um, it's a little bit of a dilemma now when they are monopolizing the whole ultra trail, which is a little bit sad, right? But mm-hmm. uh, so I, it's very important to do the more local, uh, low key races as well. But but the problem is UTMB is buying all the big races as well, so mm-hmm. where you have a lot of people and so on. But I think what's closest to my heart is really uh, more the low key races, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Well. I would say a low key race that gives you the the toughness of UTMB would be Fat Dog.
2: Mhm. Yeah, NBC Fat yeah. Dog 120. <laughs> and uh
0: if you do Fat Dog, whatever you the time you did at UTMB would be comparable what your time would be at Fat Dog. Yeah. So I suggest that one and it's also they only have a few hundred runners. So yeah. yeah. It's a low key and it's the toughness you you're you're looking for. <laughs>
1: And I actually have, because I was listening to one of the podcasts or um, I think it was a podcast. Judy, you were asking for a stage race. Yes. You are stage races, right? So yeah. we actually, and I forgot about this once. And that's the weekend of UTMB. Uh, so we're going to Ring of Fire in, in Wales. It's basically a three-day race around kind of the island uh, There's So in total, maybe 250 kilometers, Ooh. three days.
2: Mm. that's it, that's a lot of, that,
1: and then I think they have a limit of like 150 people so that's should be a good race
2: I've heard of ring of fire but I didn't realize it was a stage race
0: wow that's that's intriguing
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, think uh, I think it's first weekend of September or something like that
2: I'll check it out mm. now what's the trail community like in Sweden is it pretty tight-knit
1: yeah, I mean, we call it like a big ultra family, <laughs> <laughs> and that's—I mean—that's good also when you get to those grassroots races. You you know a lot of people. I mean, uh, that's that's good fun as well.
0: Let's chat a, a bit about your YouTube channel. What made you want to become a content creator?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just uh, happened. So I I think for birthday present I got the. Uh, GoPro at s- some year and I started to record a little bit, put it on YouTube and uh, and then just happened from there. but then yeah, I kind of enjoy creating those and then I enjoy try to create a story around it and uh, and and you get and and now you get a lot of also uh, so of UTMB second year lot of people you know th- they recognize me on the trail so that's great <laughs> well. and people coming up to me and say yeah you inspired me to mm. come to and run for example wow yeah. like people coming from not from Sweden but like from Ireland and like all over the place like yeah. I saw you and then, <laughs> this time with Kulaman and it was even people you know that uh, yeah I want to take the photo with you <laughs> and those kind of things. It's very <laughs> strange to me but yeah uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a nice thing when you can inspire people to run races or uh, and share not only my story, but the other people's stories as well. So I think that's the, what, what I like about it. But I enjoy the process as well. And also, it kind of helps me during the race to uh, focus on something else, to to get <laughs> not focus on the pain, so to say, but, <laughs> You have to focus on the next scene that you have to shoot or whatever. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think what you said earlier was you signed up for Val Duran without knowing what the course was going to be like and exactly the reason how we found you. We wanted to know what Val Duran was like for our friend. So yeah. those types of videos that show a really good cross section of the course from beginning to end, yeah, so helpful because it can convince people to sign up for races or it can show them hey i think i need to do more hill sprints or <laughs> i need to do more downhill running i think it's very valuable and it's a key piece for even race directors to promote when people share their videos like yeah. yours it's very important yeah. nowadays yeah very yeah. good
1: yeah i know so that that's what i hear quite a lot like and that's the typical thing right people going to run a race they they see the Kualamana movie or whatever, and yeah, and then they go and run it. So it's it's good for getting to get some input into what kind of race it is. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah,
0: I hope one day that you and I are at the set, at the start line together, and we film each other the entire time.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> and
1: then
0: we share the videos. <laughs> I need that. I need that clip. <laughs>
1: That happened to me this year at Kulamann. It was another guy, like a Swedish guy that puts stuff on YouTube. And he was kind of filming me while I was filming him. (laughs) him
2: Very good. Well, this has been great, Marcus. Thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed chatting with you.
1: Yeah, it was great. So when (laughs) are you coming to Sweden for running?
2: Well, that's a good question. I think we need to... uh...
0: We need more time. We already signed up for uh, Slovenia. Ah, Istria.
2: No, um, Ultra Trail Vivaipa Valley. Mm, yeah, yeah, in the region of Istria, but it's it's uh, a different race. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so when, when are coming?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll stay in touch. How's that?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, before we let you go, we like to finish with a few rapid fire questions just for some fun. Okay. All right. Yeah. Would you rather be a professional writer, painter, or musician?
1: Uh, musician.
2: Musician. Rock band?
1: Yeah, rock band. Yeah. <laughs> not ABBA. No, not ABBA. No.
2: <laughs> okay. Do you have any tattoos?
1: No, not no yet. Ta-
2: ah, would you get one?
1: Uh, I doubt it, but. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. What's another sport you'd like to excel in?
1: uh mountain biking yeah.
2: yeah yeah okay oh if you were on the trail and you stub your toe on a rock what do you say in swedish
0: curse word famous curse word
2: Fan. <laughs> oh that's that's got a good ring to it how do you
1: spell that <laughs> F-A-N.
2: <laughs> F-A-N. <laughs> F-A-N. F-A-N. Fan. yeah F-A-N. okay i'm gonna remember that <laughs> uh beer or wine
1: uh beer
2: what's a what's a good swedish beer
1: Uh, we we have a lot of local microbreweries these days i guess so yeah
2: okay well we'll we'll be checking that out when we come to visit you (laughs) (laughs) what's the last concert you went to
1: last concert was uh, i think it was little dragon it's a swedish band
2: Ah, okay. you should check them out.
1: they're from Gothenburg actually yeah. oh
2: really little dragon yeah. okay yeah we're gonna check them out on Spotify and yeah. Norm last question
0: pick a superpower you'd like to have
1: Superpower. um yeah it would be nice to be invisible once in a while <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true that's true that's a good one <laughs> all right Marcus thank you so much
1: and no, all the you. best,
2: all the best this year at your events. It's uh, we'll be following along for sure. Look forward to the videos.
1: Yep, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Cheers.
2: And that was Marcus Kjellberg from Sweden, diabetic our, ultra runner,
0: our first podcast of 2024.
2: Woo, woo. Oh, it's very interesting. He's done some pretty epic races. Sounds like you. He trains in no elevation and shows up. (laughs)
0: Yeah, why not?
2: Sees what happens.
0: I'm not here to run. I'm here to video the experience.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that.
0: Whatever happens along the way, hey, I'm good with it. (laughs) If anybody wants to know about Kulamanen, reach out to him or watch his videos. He has done it five times.
2: Well, I'm definitely intrigued about Kulamanen now because obviously we want to race in Scandinavia.
0: Yeah, but it's going to be mostly in the dark in the night.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mostly in <laughs> the dark, but I want a ring. Never, yeah. never had a ring. I've had a necklace before, but never a ring.
0: That is something.
2: And I didn't know about the golden and the diamond. What a great idea.
0: And I think that's only for the 100 miler. Oh, so
2: I don't get a ring for the shorter distances.
0: <laughs> Maybe you get a quarter of a ring. <laughs> and then you have to put the ring together. <laughs> running it for
2: oh that's a good Ooh. idea <laughs> Ooh, easy now yeah.
0: easy now mm,
2: okay hey,
0: if you want to see Marcus's UTMB that turned into the running of the bulls slash cows or his Val crazy epic lightning show head on over to his YouTube channel all the links will be in our show notes
2: well right. if you enjoyed this episode please give us a like a share or a rating or all three
0: Wherever you download your favorite podcast. Thanks, guys. Cheers, podcast.